Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. This is one of our MarTech Monday episodes. Doesn't matter what day you're listening to, but the reason we call them MarTech Mondays is I like to feature technologies that either our clients are using, new technologies that are out there, or technologies that I just find interesting and fascinating and want to expose to all of you. And today on the program, I have the CEO of Decibel, Ben Harris. And Ben is joining us, uh, and we're going to talk about their platform, for website customer experience. Ben, thank you for joining. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Very well. And where where are you located right now? I'm in Boston today. You're in Boston. How is the weather in Boston today? It is extremely sunny, so it's pretty nice today. Awesome. Hey, let's jump in. Can you share the history, uh, how you you know founded the company five years ago in terms of what the premise was? And then I want to tell you a story about my first experience with platforms like yours going all the way back to the mid-90s. Sure, yeah. So, well, originally I was um, running an agency, a digital agency, and it was really obvious to us that clients didn't really know how to improve their websites and apps. And they knew they were leaving money on the table, but just, they just had no transparency as to what was really happening for these users. And so we set out on a mission to build technology which solved the problem. And that ultimately means for us um, making digital experience a science so that um, you know, rather than guesswork in order that people know and can pinpoint what they need to do to improve those websites and apps. Love it. When I first, here's my story, when I first launched a corporate website back in the early 90s, I was the vice president of marketing at a company called Fairlawn. We later changed the name to Natopia and took the company public in 96. But this was a time when, you know, there were no CMS systems. Everything was hard-coded. I think it was HTML1. And when we started pushing the envelope, Ben, we decided because Fairlawn was the leader in Macintosh networking products. Uh, if you wanted to do networking between various Macs and, and laser writers, printers, devices, you bought our gear. Well, we all know what happened in the 90s. Uh, for those of us that were around, Apple started going away uh, in terms of retail stores. Uh, they didn't exist, nothing like that they, they have today. And so it became more and more difficult for our clients Um, People wanted to buy our products to find them uh, to where they lived. So we said, what if we started, I know this is crazy, Ben, what if we started selling our products online? Would people buy them? And, you know, again, early 90s, and we're like, well, we won't know until we do it. And so we put up a storefront after a lot of coding and work with IT and figuring out how to do, you know, credit card verification and security and what do, you, what do you mean we need a website certificate? What's that thing, right? So we figured out this whole experience, and we opened the store for business. We actually did a ribbon cutting in the lobby of the building to symbolize that our, that our online retail store was open. And then we, of course, waited for the first transaction to happen, which did within hours. And we were just ecstatic because someone bought a $1,400 router from us. And, we, and you know, the head of uh, the product group said, no one's ever going to buy routers off the web. This is crazy. And I'm like, no, I, I, think, I think people will. But to your point, 
we started realizing that finding the e-commerce area of the website was, you know, is a little bit of a scavenger hunt because we didn't know how to with our headers or footers at that time. I mean, this is really early and shopping really wasn't a big part of the website. So we first started by putting points to buy it on the product pages, but you had to actually go find the product, right? So we started using tools at that time, like web trends that we started deploying to figure out the path that people were taking. And that was when my eyes really opened up to what you're saying, which is the whole digital experience. You know, your, your passion for not just leading people to an e-commerce store, but helping understand the experience that, that they're having. So that was my first experience. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been looking at web logs and traffic patterns and thinking about customer experience. So I'm so grateful to have you on and, and have your expertise. So what are people doing today? Talk about what you guys are, are helping clients with and how are they using a platform like Decibel to improve that customer experience? So our thinking is that if someone has a good experience, they just end up being more engaged. And there's plenty of research out there that says people that are engaged spend more money and they spend it more often and normally refer more people to. But what we've seen is that digital teams are really struggling because experiences that people have are really personal. And the data they're relying upon is like the clickstream data. And to be honest, clickstream data isn't really a stream at all. It's kind of a staccato um, um, set of data points. It's all the action someone takes. And that doesn't give people transparency of the experience that's really happening, which makes it really difficult to scale CX efforts. And the result of that is that in the US alone last year, 75 billion was lost. Um, I mean, when you see someone come through the door of a store, you know, the shop assistant can um, use body language as a measure of being able to understand when to step in and help that customer through to a sale. But amazingly, online, companies are flying blind. There's just no one to help. Right. Um, I was, um, on Cyber Monday, I was trying to buy a speaker on Sonos.com. Um, and they did quite a big advertising campaign, discounted speaker. And when I went through to make the purchase, it wouldn't accept my zip code. So I couldn't buy it. I wanted to buy it, but I couldn't buy it. And it's those kind of trivial problems which are really opaque to the brand themselves that cause pain for the customer. Um, and, and that's the kind of problem that we're trying to solve. Yeah. We did a nurture campaign for avid way back in the day and they sell pro tools and some other amazing software and they were running a promotion just like you said and they were seeing all the traffic to the storefront page now what we did they didn't have your platform but we did is we looked at people we built a, a program for them using the marketing automation system that said if you went to this page but didn't go to this page within this time frame then put them into this nurture and bring them back to the store or direct them to someone where they could place the purchase and we had something like a 400 percent increase in sales simply by getting the people who didn't complete the purchase and we found all kinds of reasons when they talked to them on the phone they said you know i actually had to go get my credit card and it was in another room and i didn't feel like getting it or someone came and interrupted me during the buying process so i stopped or in your case it was you know poor ui right they they couldn't complete it by the way i'm a huge fan of sonos have it all over the house and everybody in our office and our hq in santa Rosa has a Sonos uh, speaker or speakers in their office or queue. We're a big fan. Great product, uh, but they got to have a great experience. So how do you guys solve the 
solve a, a problem like that? I mean, what is the, what is the marketing team see using Decibel that helps them identify those type of problems and improve the customer experience? Well, we are making customer experience a science. We are all about identifying the customer experiences and translating those into actionable revenue opportunities. So we measure every single experience someone's having. Effectively, we've been able to quantify the unquantifiable. And that's by collecting the data of what happened in between clicks. Um, so we click that data, we see everything that um, this customer is doing in a way that we can help improve the experience by defining a new set of metrics, such as the distance someone moves a mouse, the velocity and acceleration of that mouse, the number of directional changes, the angle of those changes, and everything that they do enables us to better understand how to improve that experience. And from that new, those new data points, I mean, you, you talked so interestingly about some data points before were kind of dependent on the action someone takes, but actually it's almost like this silent action someone's taking. That's how we really learn about what's happening. And we can start to detect behaviors and common behaviors and then also use that to decipher how they're feeling about the interaction. You know, was it um, a really positive one or a negative one? And are they confused or frustrated? And we use all these sort of data points to feed into um, these clever data science algorithms, machine learning algorithms, which then tell us um, numerically um, the quality of the uh, experience, whether that's the quality of navigation, the quality of the form experience, quality of um, the, or how performant the site was technically or how engaged or, um, or frustrated they were. And all these points then feed into one overall score, which we call a digital experience score, which is a number of zero to 10. Effectively, it's a modern day NPS score, mm -hmm. but rather than having to ask people um, you know, how they feel about it retrospectively, we're seeing a real-time pulse of what's going on for everyone. Because our premise is that actually, when I was on that website trying to buy that channel speaker, uh, and by the way, I think some of this is fantastic too, but this is a real example it happened. Um, and um, you know, they should really have been able to identify that I was having a problem, like a shop assistant would in a, in a real store. And they should have been able to say, look, we see you having a problem right now. Why don't you press this button here and we'll help you complete the transaction online. Or maybe here's a 20% coupon. We'll let you know when the problem's fixed and invite you back to spend it. Now, that kind of two-way recognition of something that's going on for the customer would keep you in a buying cycle. There is no need for me to um, go jump somewhere else and start that whole transaction again. If they're saying to me, look, you can complete this here, but it might take a little bit longer than you expected. You know, that's, that's okay because that's managing expectations. So we think that when an organization is really advanced in its maturity, it should be able to um, advance in maturity of digital experience. It should be able to respond in real time to customers based on what's happening to them right there. Love it. I, for everyone listening, uh, Decibel won the standout Adobe Marketing Cloud Innovation Award. And ever since Adobe's acquisition of Marketo, I've been spending a lot of time with the executive team and their partner team learning and asking them about you know, some of the markets that we have not been in uh, and some of the technologies that we haven't been exposed to as much in B2B marketing. And one of the reasons that I was excited to have Ben on the program is, you know, when he's got clients like Lego and General Motors and Gucci, British Airways, uh, Allstate Insurance, right? The, these are all, you know, large B2C companies that are very passionate about customer experience, not only right to deliver a great customer experience, Ben, but because of the economics 
behind it as well. If they spent the marketing dollars to get someone to the site like Sonos did, you certainly don't want to lose them to a failed experience. And when you were talking about that Sonos experience and someone reaching in to help, you know, technology-wise, it reminded me of that shopping experience you have at a store when someone can tell, like you said, from your digital, from your physical body language, that they need that you need help. And I was at uh, Staples the other day, and I was looking for a product, and he could just tell from my face, you know, the the human instinct of like. This gentleman's confused. He's not finding what he's looking for. So the rep came over and said, is there something in particular you're looking for that you can't find? He could see it on my face. And so free to do that. How is the DXS, your digital experience score, how, I mean, I don't want to geek out too much, but how is that computed? How do you know when when there's this, this 10 rating versus this one rating? Can you share some of the science behind that? Sure, yeah. Um, well, we take into account all these new data points and and we from that can score what's happening to the user as it happens and that ultimately um, gives us an indication of where the revenue opportunities are i can't spell out the algorithms themselves because you know um that's something that our engineering guys are, are deep into but um what we have done is be able to prove that there's a direct correlation between this scoring mechanism and revenue um, an independent um, um, consultancy recently took two months of data from TUI, which is a big European, one of the biggest travel companies in the world, um, took two months of their data and they correlated it with um, our DXS score to understand um, what this meant for revenue. And they concluded that if TUI increased their DXS score from five to six, they would generate an extra 30 million in revenue per annum. So um, for us, this was an exciting breakthrough. It was a, it was validation of what we knew we were working on, which is giving uh, this real-time pulse of what's really happening to the customers. And, um, and what it does for our clients is it gives them effectively a paint-by-numbers framework to say, look, this is where the revenue opportunities are across your entire website or app end-to-end. This is where we think you should focus, and uh, and these are the reasons why there's an opportunity there because these are the um, these are experience issues that people are having. And that then enables them to focus their attentions on on where um, they're going to get the biggest upside from their efforts in optimization. Ben, let's say I'm sitting in front of the application and I'm trying to improve the customer experience. What would I be looking at and what am I looking for and, and how would I do that? Okay, so we've been able to identify common behaviors, um, such as something that we call the bird's nest, which is where we can see someone getting um, agitated in the way they start to navigate the site, moving their mouse backwards and forwards, up and down, side to side, uh, effectively creating a picture of a bird's nest in the way they move their mouse. Now, we've concluded two potential um, scenarios from this. One is that they're just getting really frustrated. And that actually is often indicated by the acuteness of the way they're moving that mouse around. And from that, we can pick out across an entire website end-to-end where the points of frustration are for users in the way that they are actually displaying. And then we can watch a video back of the entire journey or isolate those bits where they were frustrated to find out why that was happening. And we back that up with data and show the, the metrics that have caused that as well. 
Um, but we also have indicated that that could also be confusion. And the way that people navigate with confusion is slightly different, again, because they're not quite so irritated. So they're moving around, often up and down, left to right again, but not quite as acutely because they're trying to find something. So again, we can isolate um, sort of video replays of where that happens so that our customers can watch it back and find out why. And when they do a video replay, what are they seeing on the screen? Is it a simulated web experience where they're looking at the pages and seeing how it's going through, almost like there was a camera behind them uh, watching the screen while they're doing it? I'm, I'm, I'm picturing in my mind as you're describing it. Yeah, so this is all about improving the experience. Um, so we can see what experience they had by understanding what appeared for them in the screen and how they moved their mouse around. And then we rebuild that as a video, a bit like to improve your performance uh, on a football field. You'd watch back and find out what happened. This is the same thing. And, and by watching it, it immediately takes you away from your personal view of what happened. You can see and it enables you to understand from someone else's perspective what it was like to experience that site at that moment and it's incredibly helpful to be able to um to ascertain what you need to do next but of course that's just one user and it's one user one by one so what we need to do is build this picture across end-to-end website or app where the biggest issues are for everybody and therefore which of the opportunities are biggest for revenue and so that our customers can focus on the areas that really matter most love it what platform, web platform, CMS, do most of your clients have? I'm trying to look at a profile and understand that. Because I would think they're investing in trying to deliver a world-class web experience as well when they have a, a platform like yours to help them with that. Well, look, we have partnerships with a whole range of digital experience platforms. Um, I mean, for us, we feel like we put the intelligence into a digital experience platform or a DXP. Mm-hmm. Um, now, yeah, um, or uh, Adobe is one of the partners we have a really close relationship. We're massive fans of what they're doing and the way they're advocating for customer experience. And of course, we feel we can complement their proposition through our ability to actually quantify the unquantifiable, the experience. So we work pretty closely with them. So we do see um, a lot of um, customers on AEM, but of course, that's not the only platform out there. Yeah. Um, so um, uh, of course, um, you don't need to have a, um, um, a DXP to make the, the most of this um, but the, our premise was always that wouldn't it be amazing when you go to edit your website we can show you how to improve it and that's what's playing out right now in this relationship with Adobe Nice I had a question for you on the on you know if you could improve the score from 5 to 6 and the material impact that that could have on revenue how does the platform help the marketing team know what to change in order to improve the score how do you improve experience on the web? How do you get insights to know what to do? So it's interesting. So um, some of the features we offer include session replay and heat maps. And in this market in the past, um, people have used that as a method of trying to find where the problems are. But in our opinion, that's like a needle in a haystack. And it's difficult to make sure you watch the right journey. So we focus on science to find where the revenue opportunities are and we graph it in a way that you can see your entire site um, and make it easy to do heat through heat mapping of those um, of that graphing to show you where the opportunities are but then we use session replay and heat map to validate those issues as well as show you the metrics that have affected that score in the first place so uh, the experience of using decimal is supposed to be this progressive series of steps where you can see the bigger picture 
find the problems and then dig down um, to be able to work out what you need to do next. And of course, again, the last piece of that puzzle is the ability of being able to react in real time when something doesn't go right, um, which is a fundamental part of digital experience, actually. You know, digital experience isn't just about designing and experience from the customer's perspective. It's also about being able to deal with it when it goes wrong. And we think that's a really critical part to offering a great experience. And it's the moment when there's a great opportunity to build a really strong relationship with a customer. There's nothing like saying sorry um, to show that you understand them. What, what type of customer should be investing in a platform like yours? You know, do you have to be doing e-commerce? Do you have to have a certain amount of traffic? I want to really understand the right profile for using a capability like this. Because I think ultimately, while you say you're looking to improve customer experience on the website, is that enough is to improve the experience? Or should you be in the e-commerce business and have a site that's you know, generating revenue. What about companies that really want to improve the access to content and that type of stuff? So that's that's what's on the brain, Ben. Right, I understand. Yeah, people often default to say that actually this is an e-com type product, but it's interesting. We've seen a real spread. I mean, we're dealing with companies from financial services, uh, retail, technology, telecoms, travel. Um, but what's really interesting is something like an automotive. We work with a car manufacturer and you don't buy a car instantly. There's a whole series of steps that you go through in their buying cycle to be able to um, get to the point of having your new vehicle. So that interaction online is a really important part of that process. That's where you start to build, build a relationship with that brand. And if that experience of building your car is really awkward and difficult and not fun, it's really easy to swap to another website, um, to a, a, a different car manufacturer, and start playing around with their car builders. So actually, you know, General Motors see this as an opportunity to really build a um, strong relationship with their customers outside of their ability to um, to um, um, uh, influence them um, in store. And so they're investing pretty heavily. It's a non-transactional site. They're seeing you know, phenomenal gains of people interacting way more as a result of offering them a much better experience. It's fascinating to me. And I know I've got some clients uh, like CenturyLink. I uh, did a podcast with Kate just the other day. You know, they they use our team uh, significantly for all the uh, digital marketing and marketing automation and related technology support. And CenturyLink is both B2B and B2C. They use Adobe Experience Manager, which you mentioned. So shout out to Kate and Scott and want to talk with them about platforms like this. Because it's all, you know, for them... They want to deliver a phenomenal experience. It's it's part of the brand strategy, and they also want to drive revenue, as uh, as you mentioned. Uh, where do you find? I don't know if there is a, a a bell curve, but where are most of your clients when they first embark with you? Where's that DXS score uh, versus where they arrive to? Um, that's a that's a great question uh, that I don't necessarily know the answer to because um, it's not necessarily about the score itself; it's about the percentage change over time. Right. And so we are in the, store, in the process of um, trying to understand um, what good looks like to a really mature customer. But what we do see is a series of stages that an organisation needs to get through to digital maturity and digital experience maturity. And we're seeing that some organizations are quite stuck in the early stages of that maturity because effectively they're using the wrong type of data. And it's like the equivalent of K-12 
counting the number of people that walk through that store. It's all very interesting, but that doesn't necessarily help you be able to convert them. Whereas um, if you understand that body language, you've got more information to be able to know what you need to do to be able to get that person through to a sale. So um, we uh, obviously um, design our product to help companies through every stage yeah. to get to that point where they can react in real time. Cool. Well, thank you for joining me on the podcast. I want to make sure as the ecosystem with, with Marketo and our other clients, uh, you know, all the various technologies that are out there, want to make sure that people, you know, lift up their head and, and take a look and think about, I, you know, for someone who's got a fair amount of traffic company and certainly wants to drive commerce or wants to just deliver a phenomenal experience. Let's face it, the web, the web has become the center point of engagement for most companies these days. Uh, as well as mobile apps uh, engaging with, with people. So I really appreciate you, you coming on the program. Brilliant. Likewise. Thank you. Excellent. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Demand Gen Radio. I hope you enjoy these MarTech Mondays to give you an opportunity to learn about and explore some new technologies, new areas. Uh, you can learn more about Decibel. Uh, your website, Ben Wright, it's decibelinsight.com, D-E-C-I-B-E-L insight.com. So check it out. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Demand Gen Radio. We'll catch you on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 